Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I'm Jeff Sims. And I'm Evan Smith. Evan, I'll tell you something. This is weird. <laughs> we are in the same room for the first time. For the first time since we started. It is entirely different. Even our practice runs were all in different rooms. Yeah. Everything. I don't know what to do. I feel funny. I, feel... I don't know what to do with my arms. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the entire part of my body that you wouldn't see is now exposed. Yes. Like the frame, like the face part is, you can see that and you always saw that. So that's fine. But my body is now exposed. Your body is exposed. And I can't wear underwear land. anymore. <laughs> no. I mean, you still should wear underwear, but you should wear something over <laughs> it as well. Not just underwear. Um... Yeah, it's like, it feels weird because it's like we're hanging out, but it's like we're hanging out with a weird goal in mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like there's <laughs> like a feel, focus. It feels like a weird like date situation where like, there's the element of awkwardness. Oh uh, yeah, there's definitely some awkwardness. Yeah. Uh, I like it though. I like I like it. I'm going to embrace the awkward. Mm-hmm. And cheers. This is the first time we can cheers. Wait, wait for the clink. Cheers. I hope you heard that. I hope you guys heard that. I'm drinking a nice Rolling Rock this evening, mm. a good vintage. Mm. And what are you drinking there, Mr. Sims? A nice spicy Caesar. A spicy Caesar. Mm. I might have a sip of one later. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like a Caesar, but I, I, I like the taste of Caesar. Mm-hmm. Rarely do I have a whole Caesar. It's funny because it's an acquired taste. It's the same thing as wine. Yeah. When I, I remember we used to go to brunch all the time. And Catherine would order a Caesar. I'd yep. have a sip and be like, nope, can't do it. Yeah. I'd have a sip. Nope, can't do it. There was one time we went to, what was the restaurant on Hebron Way that shut down like three times? Milestones. Milestones. I went there once and had, the, had like a taste of Catherine's Caesar. Yeah. Loved it. Mm. Ordered my own. Drank half of it. Yeah. The I, first sip is always gold. So good. Yeah. Ordered a second one. Did the same Hang thing. On. Got it halfway through. Go ahead. Bye. I'm just going to have a sip. Go on. So I was only telling my We're story. We're in the same bubble now. Yeah, that's one of the best things I've ever tasted. It's delicious. But if I had to drink the whole thing, I don't know if I could. No, I got this one, and I got another one waiting for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's just be candid. Let's just be true here. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Yes, Newfoundland, where we live, has expanded to a, you can expand your double bubble Mm -hmm. into a six more people you can add into your bubble. Yep. It's quite confusing, but somehow we figured it out. Yeah. The best thing I saw was a picture of two couples, and then on either side of the couple is three people. So it's like you get six people total for your double bubble. Yep. But um, yeah, so we expanded, and we hung out last night for the first time, the four of us. Yeah. And it was lovely. It was great. And Jeff and I had to take a break from hanging out, the four of us, come downstairs and be like, okay, what are our topics for tomorrow night? Because we are (laughs) shitting the bed this week. It was actually very stressful because we both sat down in the same room we're in now and we said, okay, we've never left it this long before actually having topics, before discussing Mm -hmm. things. And uh, yeah, it was a little stressful. I'm not going to lie. It was a little stressful because this morning when I woke up, I was a little bit hungover. Uh And I knew I had to do all of my research this morning. Why were you hungover? Because we hung out last night and drank a bunch of beers. Yeah, we did. Uh, And played Harry Potter trivia and it got heated. But I'll (laughs) tell you, I'll tell you one thing. (laughs) There almost wasn't a podcast, I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, there was a moment where (laughs) Jeff was on his phone looking up stats. I went upstairs and got my Harry Potter book to bring down and find the page. Not It's, okay, okay, we can't get into it now, but uh, there is Trivial Pursuit, the game. It's the Harry Potter version. Yes. And there are discrepancies between whether or not Trivial Pursuit follows the movie version or the book version. 
And that's where the argument came from, yes. because there was a question, and we couldn't decide which one it followed. So Evan had the books, and I was on Netflix bringing up the movie <laughs> to play the scene, and we are comparing the chapter to the scene, and we couldn't find the definitive answer. And boy, do we argue. Yeah, we, we got heated. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's okay. It's okay. Well, here we are. Mm-hmm. There's lots of love going around, and we're doing our first episode in the same room. I know. Oh, it's cozy. It's like this is my lamplight that I do every episode. I don't know if you notice in the background of my FaceTime usually, but this the ambiance, the, the ambiance that I typically is nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very chill. I feel comforted. Grand, indeed. So, um, you first, I guess. Me first. I think so. I think so as well. I think last time you went first, so now it's my turn to go first. That's how the turns work. Yep, it is. Uh, so like I like we mentioned, we had a conversation last night, and uh, we we weren't sure exactly what we we're gonna do. And <laughs> we talked about themes last week and how we were going to go into themes and, and we wanted to do one thing on history and some things on conspiracy theories. And just in passing, we talked about pyramids. And I was like, man, that's going to be a great one for conspiracies and stuff. And everyone's like, ah, I don't really know. Like pyramids aren't, aren't that exciting. I was like, what do you mean they're not that I exciting? I didn't say they're not that exciting. You we were did. talking about paranormal. And what I said oh, was okay. pyramids aren't paranormal. And you're like, well, then you don't know anything about pyramids. Well, I... Uh, yes, that's actually, that's exactly how the conversation <laughs> went. But <laughs> Yeah, it is. That's exactly how the conversation went. But it was it was the fact that you were just a little too nonchalant about it. You were just kind of like, ah, they're pyramids. There's nothing that exciting about them. Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not that I don't want to hear about them. It's like, yeah, the thing that for me with pyramids was like, how, obviously, how did they move the giant pieces of rock? Yep. That's the thing that's like, no one really knows. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, anyway, you do, and you're going to tell me tonight. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like all of my topics are a lot of, um, we don't know, there's theories. And so I think it's a just lot because of it's you and I ambiguous. don't know anything, so every topic is, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or we know everything that we should know, and the things that we don't know, no one knows. True. Yeah, when we're finished, we're like, here's, here's what people know, Yeah. and there are always question marks of non-definitive things. And maybe that's just... A statement on what we find interesting. Indeed. It's things that aren't definitive. Yeah. Because, I mean, what's, what's interesting about things that are true? Not true, but things that are love? definitive. True love. <laughs> it's too early for that. Go on. Too early. Yes, yeah, so I'm only half a Caesar deep. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so pyramids. Um, so first off, when I first was looking at pyramids and Googling it and going through my research, right. I thought there was only a couple of pyramids. No. Uh, well, first off, how many pyramids do you think there are? I don't know. I, if you were to guess. I know there's more than two, but I wouldn't think there's that many. Mm-hmm. Like, I would think, like, it might be into the double digits, okay. maybe. Sure. Uh, there has been a recorded uh, source of site either 118 to 138. Have been Why don't identified. they know? Sorry? Why don't they know how many? Well, because see, and I'm going to get into it a little bit more. Oh, but, okay. Um, a lot of pyramids, when they're designed and built, they have an exterior, um, like, I guess, layer to them. And right. when that goes away, the integrity of the, the pyramid will fall. And, and so they have a lot of, like, crumbled structures. And they're like, was and they're this like, a pyramid? That could have been a pyramid. Ah, uh, okay. Or ones that are like, yes, this was a pyramid, and it's not there anymore. Right. Um, so that's why 118 to 138 have been recorded. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, it is as simple as uh, pyramid-shaped structures, masonry structures located in Egypt. Most of them are. Uh, they're, they're actually located all over the world, but most of them are predominantly in Egypt. Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. The most famous Egyptian pyramids are those found in Giza 
on the outskirts of Cairo. Several of the Giza pyramids are counted among the largest structures ever built. They are part of the seven wonders of the world. Am I right? Yep. Yeah. Seven lost wonders of the world. Yeah. Um, the pyramid of this is you know this is also going to be the podcast of mispronunciations. Oh, wait for what I got coming for you. Yes. Yeah. The pyramid of Khufu at Giza is the largest Egyptian. God pyramid. bless you. Khufu <laughs> <laughs> Giza. Khufu Khufu Giza. So by the time of the early dynamic period, uh, dynastic period, dynamic. Nope. The early dynastic period, those with sufficient means. Yes. So people of sufficient means were buried um, in bench-like structures known as mastabas or mastaba. Okay. Mastabases. Yep. So essentially what happened is... Like a um, tomb? Kind of. Yeah. So people when in, in ancient Egypt times, they believed that in order to be brought to the afterlife, they needed to be preserved, which is why they were mummifying the bodies. Did everybody get mummified? Uh, if just, they could, within the means. The, the people of means. I yeah, see. people of means, right? Yeah. So they mummify the bodies, but right. they would also put all of their belongings and their precious goods in the tomb or in the To take place. them to the afterlife with them. To take them to the afterlife ah. with them. So the more things you had, yeah. the bigger the tomb you had. Right. Right? So essentially, though, people were grave robbers. Grave oh, diggers. Oh, yeah. So the things that you had, they'd wait till you die, and they'd dig it up and steal your stuff. Were you just buried in the ground, or were you in a stone-like structure? Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, you could be in a, a sarcophagus. You could be... Right. Like, a, if, you're, if you're real bougie and wealthy, well, that, you're not getting in a, in a gra- stone tomb. Yeah, yeah, the grave diggers aren't getting in. They're not getting in. Yeah. But that's the thing. So that's where they came up with mastabas, or okay. mastabas. Yeah. Uh, they would, you'd get buried, and then they would just put a mount of dirt over your body. So it'd be like six feet, and then like another three feet, just for good measure. Right. And then that... Oh, on top of the level of, ground. Yeah. Ah. Just to stop people from being able to get, like, it was right. just, that's it, or like a rock. Yeah. Just something to stop people from getting down underneath to collect your goods. Gotcha. So that's where that came from. The most historically documented Egyptian pyramid is attributed by Egyptologists to the third dynasty pharaoh. Um, here it comes. Djoser. Djoser. Wait, what does that remind me of? There's a movie where they go, you mean Star Wars? No, 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 <laughs> no. They're, he's tearing a piece of paper. Oh, it's Annie. During this, the original Annie with Tim Curry. Oh, yes. He's tearing the thing with the lock and he's going, Jesus, So good. So good. Okay, that's right. Go on, Tim. Joser. DJJ. O-S-E-R, Djoser. So he's a pharaoh yep. from the third dynasty. Great. Okay. So he was the first uh, Egyptian, I guess, pharaoh to have uh, documented pyramids. Okay. Um, although, what is my favorite ancient Egypt movie? The Mummy. And what is the villain's main name? Oh, you can't quiz me on The Mummy. Oh, you don't is know? Is it that guy? Gerard, uh, what was his name? <laughs> Gerard Butler. Djoser. 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 Yeah. Django. Was it him? No, oh. but <laughs> <laughs> so wings of time. <laughs> yeah, <we're> so... <laughs> his architect was named Emotep. Which How is... was I meant to get there? Well, Emotep is the main character in the Mummy. Emotep. No. Em... It's been a long time. <clears throat> yeah. Go home now out of it. Anyways, 
But Imhotep was his architect. I put okay. that in because I thought you would like it more than you did, but you didn't. Okay. That was around 2667 BCE. Okay, 2648, 2667. Sure. In that area. Okay. Uh, he created a six-layer mastabas. Okay. And this created the foundation of pyramids and how they were created. So he had so much wealth and he wanted to trap himself in it that he made a six-layer yeah. kind of place over his burial grounds. Are you going to tell me this was the first pyramid? Yeah. It was the first, like, documented thing. Oh, you already told me that and I ignored it? Uh, yes. Oh. Literally, the sentence was, the first historically documented Egyptian pyramid is attributed by Egyptologists <laughs> to the third dynasty pharaoh, DeJoser. But you know what? Here's something that's interesting, because we're in the same room. You did a thing with your hands that when you did six layers, uh-huh. you showed the layers getting smaller. And I was like, oh, he just made a pyramid with his hands. Yeah. And that's how I knew you were talking about pyramids. <laughs> Not the fact that the topic is called pyramids. <laughs> It's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night, buddy. You're only just (laughs) cluing it, apparently. Yeah. God. Anyway, so he was the first one. He put a six-layer truffle cake on top of his tomb. (laughs) Good shepherd's pie. (laughs) (laughs) Mashed potatoes, corn, hamburger meat. (laughs) Chives. (laughs) Chives on top. (laughs) Ah. Uh, eventually, over years and years and years and years and years, they've been developed more and more, and right. the they eventually became uh, pyramids. Right. Okay. Um, the reason why the pyramids were chosen as the uh, fundamental shape were a couple of reasons. So, and no one really, really knows, but there's a couple of them. Triangle strongest shape. Uh, it is, yeah. Yep. Um, but <clears throat> well, yeah, that's 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 exactly it. So oh. re- some of them are religious beliefs okay. uh, surrounding Horus, which is the the god of sun. Um, the sun, when it strikes down upon us, uh, if it's if it hits cloud, like sun rays can beam down, mm-hmm. uh, and it can actually look like the shape of a pyramid. Like if it hits a cloud or something like right. that, you're seeing it on either side. Yes, yeah, yeah, sun yeah. rays, and it comes yep. down that way, and it actually forms the shape of a pyramid. Okay. Um, so some people believe that. They're trying to emulate that, and they're trying to create that in worship of Horus. Right. Right, so they're trying to recreate that look. What a horrible name for a god. Horus. Horus. Yeah. Horus. Coming out of the yard. Seriously. Horus. Horus. I like it. Do you? It'll be my son's name one day. <laughs> I mean, it will, and I'll make fun of him. Okay. What yeah. do you call him for short? Or. <laughs> or Ross. <laughs> well scrubbed. Well scrubbed. Um, so that's one reason. Yep. Another, and this is really interesting, is the Ben-Ben rock. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Ben-Ben was worshipped and is thought to be in the shape of the tip of a pyramid. Um, like the top cap of it. Yep. Uh, so, like it's a rock that exists yep. naturally? Well, here's the thing. No. Oh. Is that they don't think it exists naturally and they can't find it anymore. Oh. Because they're thinking it was an asteroid of some sort. And when it cool. hit, they worshipped it and it was the shape of that. And so they tried to mimic... The shape of a pyramid. Now, that's a little bit of a stretch, if you're asking me. Both of those are. Those are like... Well, there's no doubt asteroids landed in the desert and during those times. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and if it did, I'd imagine they'd be like, we don't know what space is. This is amazing. Let's mm-hmm. worship it. And apparently it was like a really weird stone, and they didn't... Obviously, they couldn't recreate it or, or mimic it or anything, so they just worshipped it. I love that. And that shape is what they kind of mimicked it off of. I don't think that's as accurate, but... um architecturally speaking, yep. which is more to what you're saying, walls lose their integrity and their stability the higher they go up. Right. Right? Uh, if you lean them against each other, 
and let gravity hold them up, right. they're way more stable. Yes. So it's less work. Also, as you move up towards the top of the pyramid, you continuously use less and less materials. So it's more efficient. Right. Right? By the time you get one-third of the way up, you have already used two-thirds of your materials. Smart. Halfway up, you've used more than 80%. Right. So the idea is you put all the, for lack of better words, groundwork and just build up, and you let gravity do all the heavy lifting and all the supporting by pushing the blocks against each other and using their own weight and gravity to hold each other up. So they become the foundation, use less material. It's just like It just brilliant. makes sense. It, it just makes sense. It's like, sense. Why, do, why don't architects use that more often? Yeah, it why don't they? It just smart. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Pharaoh Sneferu, 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 sure. He was around uh, 2600 BCE. He created three pyramids. And this yeah. is where the kind of, the gist of it and the ball starts Wait, rolling. So pyramids at this point now aren't always because someone died and is being buried in them. No, no, is no. He that's that, that's the sole reason for them. Well, he's not dead yet. So why did he create three? For someone where he could die. I'm telling you now. He's gonna, oh, he's going to pick I'm one. telling you now. Okay. You know when you watch a movie and the person next to you says, hey, so like, are they the bad guy? And then you're like, no. You know as much about the movie as you should know. Right. You know as much about this okay, sentence okay, as okay, you should know. I just thought I was missing something. And I wanted to make sure I was paying attention. No. Um, so first, he created a step pyramid. So if you were to like look, if you were to literally Google um, the Great Pyramid of Giza right now, yeah. it's just it looks like blocks and stones. Yes. And you could literally climb them. Yes. That's not actually how it looked when it was created. It was a smooth surface all the way down across. There was no rocks and bulges for you to climb. You would slide up and down it. You wouldn't be able to climb it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, And I'll explain a little bit more to that. But this guy created uh, a step pyramid, similar to Djoser. Um, But then he decided that instead of being buried in that, he wanted to be buried in a smooth one. So he was like, I'm just going to leave that there. I'm not going to get buried there. Right. Created a second one. But when he created the second one, the architects were not smart. They did not build it efficiently and effectively. And they actually built it on like really poor, uneven, level ground. And when the pyramid got about 60% built, the foundation, the ground actually started rupturing and it almost caved in. So they quickly had to change the angle of the pyramid in order to cut the weight down when they got up. So they changed the angle of the pyramid from 55 degrees to 43 degrees. And by doing that, they shaved off like 180 tons, 180,000 tons off of the, off the total mass of the pyramid. And because of that, um, it was able to save the structure. But it's most commonly known now as the Bent Pyramid. It's crazy that they were, like architecturally, they were able to do that at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to get there because that's I the mean, most my blind thing. But yep. anyway, yeah. Uh, so the Bent Pyramid. Okay. Uh, Google it. It literally looks like a house. Like it goes up, and then it like it caves up like a roof. The but obviously, are straight on the sides. No, they're not straight on the side. If oh. That was a poor example. Oh. But like if a house like started looking like a pyramid, and then it just went. Oh. It like the angle just went. So it's it, it's it's a bent pyramid. Yeah. It just looks really ugly. Okay. So the pharaoh was rotted. Yeah. He was like, no, bye, not living in that. So then he created a third one, and the third one was a lot better. They did a lot more work. Um, and uh, just just learn from challenge and change, you know? Uh, so his son, Khufu, 28, 2580 BCE, created the Great Pyramid of Giza. And that's what we're all here to talk about, the Great Pyramid of Giza. It's the one I've heard of. Yep, and now that's his son. That's why we're going into it. 
So it remained the tallest structure on earth for almost 4,000 years when it was outwitted by a church in 1311. That church then fell down. It just couldn't hold <laughs> itself up. And They're like, it, we did it. We couldn't hold it up. Couldn't but hold it, it up. No, no. Mm. Uh, after it fell, it was then later defeated once again by the Eiffel Tower in 1889. Oh. And that's, that's that. And that's still standing, obviously. So Obviously, yep. Um, but the um, Great Pyramid of Giza stands at 146.5 meters, which is 481 feet. Right. Each... Um, I guess side of it is 230 meters wide. Okay. It is estimated to weigh roughly around 6 million tons. Sure. Okay. It consists of 2.3 million blocks of limestone and granite, some weighing up to as much as 80 tons. Those are some heavy stones. And they are, are all like in a more or less a rectangle. Like each, each specific block is like a little rectangle. Not little, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but 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 it's also shaped accordingly to build it. Like they're not evenly no right. rectangles and squares. Like yeah, they're like shaped and shaved. And a obviously, how do they move them? B how do they make them smooth? Mm-hmm. Um, well, there are three known. Cha- I'm just going to keep talking about this and talk about what you're talking about. Yeah, I know. So I'm going to get there. <laughs> there are three known chambers inside the Great Pyramid. The lowest chambers cut into the bedrock upon which the pyramid was built. Uh, and was considered unfinished. Uh, the so-called Queen's Chamber and King's Chamber are higher up within the pyramid structure. The main part of the Giza complex is a set of buildings that included two mortuary temples in honor of Khufu, one close to the pyramid and one near the Nile. Uh, three smaller pyramids for Khufu's wives and even a smaller satellite pyramid is what they call it, a raised causeway connecting the two temples and a small mastaba tomb for nobles surrounding the pyramid there's a causeway connecting the two temples yeah so when you see um when you see the picture of the pyramid of giza yeah you see that one yeah you actually see a second one that his son built right uh which i'm not really going to talk about a whole lot but his son eventually built a second one and he didn't build it as big but he built it on higher ground so it's perceived to be bigger but it's not and then their son built another one so there's three massive pyramids right and then there's three small pyramids little tiny ones yeah and then like a bunch of smaller little structures all in around them but the sorry go ahead well and no one lived in them no one lived in them. It's designed for his death. Right. It's yep. literally a big old tomb. It's, it's no a, one's no, no, walking it's a, around going like, let's go to the room up there. No, it's a tomb. It's a massive ass Wild. tomb. Wild. Yeah. Um, sort of egotistical, isn't it? It's very elaborate. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's talk about the construction for a second. Please. Yeah. So the limestone, okay, that was taken to, to build it, was taken from a quarry nearby and was most likely carried through the Nile or dragged through the sand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are some theories on how they actually did that. So the okay. limestone is actually in the ground. Uh, they obviously will just chip away at it, break it out into squares and rectangles according to how the ground and the geology and the sediment was created. Right. They break it off. Yep. And then some people were saying that one of the theories is they would either put it on a floating device or ship mm. and have men have ropes dragged to it. Yeah. And they would just walk on the land next to the Nile and just right. drag it through the Nile. Right. Okay. Some people said they put it like flotation devices on them. So they'd wrap like certain seals, like not seal, obviously. I don't know why I just want to <laughs> seal skin. But how heavy did you say each block was? Uh, so the, the limestone yeah. ranges to about two and a half to five tons each. What flotation device are they lifting that up with? So there's wood that they were saying that there's an equation where if you wrap enough wood around it, the wood will be able to keep it floating in the water wow. and could carry it down the Nile. Crazy. 
that one seems a little outlandish to me. Right. It's most likely they put it on flotation things and they just like like yeah, ships and boats. Yeah. Okay. Or like a, like a raft or something and just lay it on that and then right. just drag it across. Um, still outlandish, like crazy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then when they get to certain parts, what they would do is they would put it on like a like a sled. Yeah. Okay. And they would drag it through the sand. Right. Now, the coolest thing about this is that they were like, how the hell could you drag a sled through the sand? Yes. Like, it would just drag all the sand and everything like that. Yeah. Could you guess how? They put logs underneath it and rolled along the logs and kept moving the log forward. Ooh, nice, but no. Oh. No. Uh, they actually had a man standing on a, the front of the sled with a jug of water, and he would be constantly pouring water on the sand to harden the sand to allow the sled to slide against it. Where was he getting all the water, though? He had to keep running back to the Nile. To the fill Nile, it up. yeah. They would have jugs of water, and they would just keep pouring it in front and keep doing that to harden the sand every single this time. This is a theory. No one knows this for sure. Well, no, well, no one knows it because no one was there. Right. But there's an actual painting inside of the pyramid and paintings of that exact situation of about, uh, I think it's like 1,100 men, car- not 1,100, that's a lot, that's a lot 115 men carrying one sled, yeah. like with ropes over their shoulders and carrying it, yeah. uh, with the stone on it. And having and a man at the front with a jug pouring water over the sand. That's fascinating. Yep. Pretty cool, hey? Very cool. Yep. Um, so they drive that through sand. Like I said, it weighs roughly around 2.5 tons apiece. They lay two of those stones every three minutes. What? What? Wait. What? What are you talking about? Yeah. How do you know that? How does anyone know that? Well, based on the amount of stones, and it took roughly about 14 years. So that's the math. 2.3 million stones divided over 14 years, continuous walk, work around the clock. 24 hours. Well, no, sorry, daylight. I'm sure they didn't oh, work during oh. the night. That's insane. It took them about 14 years to get the pyramid up. Yeah. And they, that's if they laid one every three minutes. It took two every three minutes. It still took 14 years. Yeah. Well, it's 20, 20 uh, what did I say? 2.3 million blocks. Right? 2.3 million blocks, okay? Yeah. yeah uh, so yeah. the limestone was yellow and came from the ground, obviously. And the exterior um, was actually taken as white limestone. So okay. further down the Nile, they carved out white limestones. Remember how I said that when you look at it now, it's like little blocks and little steps that you could climb? Mm. Nope. The exterior was actually a leveled out flat surface of white uh, pearl limestone. Wow. Yeah. So if you were there in the day... The sun would glisten on that. It would hit it. It would be this bright, white, gleaming, perfect, shining right. structure. And that is what went away. But the yellow stayed, stayed. No, no, no. Sorry. Just the normal yellow limestone yeah. is what the whole thing was made out of. Right. But the exterior, what you would look at, right. like the protective coating, oh, oh, was I see. white limestone. Like the bit of fiberglass surroundings. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Coating, like, you know, yeah. you stain it like yeah, your yeah. back deck. Right. <laughs> Wow. Yep. And um, they got that from, from the Nile further down. Um, but interesting fact is that the reason, you know, I said earlier between the 118, 138 uh, pyramids, the reason yeah. why they don't know is because thieves would come and steal the precious white limestone off of the pyramid to build other structures, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later, being like, this guy's long dead, who cares? Or thousands of right. years later, I just not care. Yeah. And so then you're left with what Giza looks like now, without the white limestone, without that, that angular thing. Yeah. That's and, wild. And then because of that, some pyramids didn't have the uh, integrity to hold without that 
I guess, that finish, and they would right. crumble, right? So that's what Giza looks like now without all of that uh, white that's finish. That's really weird. The varnish. The varnish, yeah. The varnish. So the largest stones were made for the inter- internal workings, okay? Mm-hmm. And they included stone for the king's chamber, and it was made of granite, not of limestone. Really? Granite. And the granite, this is what blows my mind, weighed between 25 and 80 tons per block. And they came from a quarry about 800 kilometers away. And how much of it was there? Like, all, like a, no, a like lot. A, like the interior. All of the inside. Not all the inside, but like, like the nice parts of the It wasn't inside. just their kitchen cabinet. It wasn't just the cabinets, no. no. Uh, to give you perspective, the distance between St. John's and Porta Basque is 902 kilometers. Imagine dragging... Across the Trans-Canada Highway. 85 tons of granite... On foot. Wow. Yeah. So crazy, 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 crazy. Okay. Um, so that's what's blowing everybody's mind. It's like, how the hell are they getting that stone from that quarry yeah. to that pyramid? Right. Yeah. Uh, same, same. And things. why? Why weren't they just like, let's just build it what we have. Why are we going to go that far? It's like the bougie. It's like, yeah, the, it's like, I want the best material there is. Yeah, it's all the way over there. Go get kitchen. it. Mm. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh God. It's absolutely crazy. And what they would actually do, and this, this is the part that I guess everyone's just crazing over. is like, how did they do it? Yes. How did they cut these stones precisely and yeah. do all these things and move them? So moving them, like I said, a lot of it's the Nile, yeah. those things, which is out of this world. Yeah. Um, but how they actually carved the stone and how they actually got the rock is what's blowing my mind. Right. Because all they had was copper. Copper is not a strong metal. No. Okay. So to get through the limestone, the copper, they, they would use copper saws. Like a two-hand saw to go back and forth like right. this with, with you and your One body. One person will grab a side, the other person grab a side. Yep. Right. It had no teeth. What do you mean? The copper didn't, like the saw didn't have teeth. So it was just a, like a blunt or even mildly sharp copper blade. And it would just run it against the rock until it cut through. But here's the thing. The limestone was stronger than the copper. So what did they do? They used sand. They took sands. And in the sand, there was like, I, I wish I had written it down, but there's some sort of like quart diamond or quart something yeah, in yeah. the sand. They would throw the sand in there and just in there, saw the sand. And they would saw the sand. And the sand was strong enough to burn through it. This, so, I'm just going to stop oh, you for a moment. Yep. Is the best topic you've done so far. And really? I didn't even, yep. And I didn't even really pick it. Like, I wasn't like, Jeff, explain to me the pyramids. We just sort of were talking. I was like, yeah, that would be great. Do that one. But. I'm more intrigued by this than I have been by anything. Really? I'm finding this fascinating. Yeah. They threw sand in the hole. Not the- like in the hole and then did it. it like they were sh- it's like, picture like a lubricant. Like when a saw yeah. is going and they're just spraying lubricant to keep yeah. it going. Think of it that way. They're doing the saw and then they throw sand in there as they're sawing yeah. and the sand would get in and become the part of the sand is cutting cop- it. Exactly. It's crazy. Now, it would still take ridiculously large amounts of time to burn through I'm those sure things. It did, yeah. Like it's it's actually crazy. Yeah. Uh, but that's how they got through the limestone. Another you had to thing- wait for like Fred and John to come back from Porta Basque yeah. to bring the granite over anyway. So, you so got what are you gonna do? To what are you gonna do? But yeah, exactly. Honest to God. Um, so they would do that. That would take forever. Obviously, another theory is how they cut it is they did all of it in water, and the water would help break down. Oh. The- the the material but mm. imagine just standing in water for eight hours think of the trench foot yeah and like you'd have to you'd be some pruning to have the, <laughs> to have the like, would you have to have the top of the stone covered in water in order to do it i'm not know. sure i'd like it would just soften up the limestone right. in order to to let the yeah. copper cut through it um 
But yeah, it's pretty crazy, hey? It's wild. Yeah. So they would cut those down and cut those pieces exactly precise and have them perfectly tailored to what they needed to be. Yeah. Okay? Um, and move them through. Now, the granite yeah. is way too strong for copper. There's yeah. no amount of dust or sand that's going to help you do that. No. They, they had these little hammer stones of dolerite or okay. dolerite. Yeah. It's literally a rock. Yeah. And sometimes they had them on a stick. It's just a rock that happened to be harder than granite. And buddy, they would just hit it. They just clank at it and clank at it and clank at it and clank at it and clank at it until they could shave it down and mark it down. Yep. It actually, <laughs> it could take a full day's work to chip away at a few centimeters. Mm-hmm. You couldn't pay me enough. Well, yeah. Like, there's no amount of money that would say, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I'll do that now. Today. Yeah, I'll go there, sit and down, now and I'll just be back beat tomorrow. this rock off yeah. this other rock. I'll be back tomorrow to do another few centimeters and yeah. uh, see you in 17 years when I just finished this. Mm-hmm. My life's work is breaking a rock into. Yeah. Nope. Can't be at it. But anyways, that's the crazy thing. Uh, and they had enough of those granite pieces shaved down perfectly. And the granite and the limestone, and especially inside the quarters, were laid so precisely and so perfectly that you could not fit a credit card in between the spaces of those rocks. That's how precise and clean these cuts were made. Wow. Like, I'm talking like next level stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, now let's talk about the crazy things. Okay. So how i thought we already had yeah that's just how they physically did it right so let's talk about the really cool stuff that that's the technology is just well above their heads yeah okay like level how do they make things level right right how do they know about the compass how do they know about directional things and stuff like that right and how did they constantly check and make sure everything was done appropriately right right so there are theories that what they did is they actually dug out a moat or like a little tiny, like a little lake or river. What do you want to yeah. call it? Nile, another section of the Nile, around the exterior of the pyramid. Right. And filled it with water. Okay. And the water, plus gravity, would create a level surface. And what they did then is they'd shave the ground to exact level measure of where the water sat around the moat, around the perimeter. And they would level the ground accordingly to that level of water. Brilliant. Bri- like. Like next level stuff. Next level stuff. Yeah. And that's what they did. Every time they needed to level something, they'd put water next to it and compare it to it. Wow. Uh, and obviously, they created tools. Like, they created an A-frame uh, level, yeah. which is a, like two sticks, like in a pyramid, linked yeah. up against each other with an A-frame in the middle. Yeah. And they'd have a uh, rope hanging down with a weight at the bottom of the rope. Okay. Okay. They'd lay the, the bottoms of the two sticks in water, mm-hmm. so that it was level, or like to the face of the water, so it's level. Yeah. And they'd mark where the rope was on the A part of the A-frame. Right. So they saw that that's exactly where it's level. Right. And so then they'd lay that on a, on a rock or something, and if the rope wasn't on that mark that you made, then you need to move the rock accordingly. So they created a level based on water. A couple they of sticks it. and a rope. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's how they did it. Right? And they would build ramps up around the pyramid, and they would just drag the stones up and put them into place. So... I don't know if you're going to know the answer to this question, but like obviously there were a lot of people around who didn't have anything else to be at. Yep. So this is the next part is that for the longest time, people thought it was done by the Jewish slaves in Egypt. Okay. Uh, but no, this was actually a craft of passion. Yeah. The amount of work and the amount of effort and love that was put into this right. wouldn't be from a slave. No. Like they wouldn't care to make it so precise. There's no amount of whipping in the back that can get you to make it that precise. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, their actual corridors and a full town built for everybody who worked there. 
and like there they dug up sections of like where everybody lived yeah. and there was houses and bakeries and everything like that of like where bakeries these... how do they know it was a bakery i don't know about fresh bread <laughs> still fresh so fresh it was mummified mummified bread. <laughs> there's there are weirder things i mean it's yeah i like like there must have been tens of thousands of people going at it. Well, this is it. So people first said it was 100,000 people building these pyramids. But were they doing it in honor of the gods, or is it the person they were building the pyramid for they respected so much? It was for the pharaoh, because that's where he was going right. to die. So they he's, were... just, he's essentially the king. Like he's, he's the, the head of, yeah, he's the head of all of you. Yeah. So you're doing, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So they're literally building his tomb. How so, morbid yeah. to celebrate him. Yeah. Kind of morbid. Very morbid. Yeah. Um, but they said realistically it's probably closer to twenty to twenty five thousand people. And that's what they do day in, day out. That's it. So there's also is somebody else who's obviously like getting them their food and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Like I, they, they don't have they don't have time to then go like kill a buffalo. Buffalo and eat it. What Buff- did what's livestock in Egypt? Camels. Goats. But like you're not catching goats? a goat. What do you mean you're not catching a goat? I mean, like, you're not chasing a wild goat. You know uh, what I mean? Like, I don't know what you're doing, but they definitely, livestock is, you know, in Joseph and the Technicolor Amazing, what's it called? Amazing Joseph Technicolor Dream Cup. Dream Cup. Um, <laughs> they kill a goat. Yeah. And they smear blood all over the jacket. Yeah. So, goat. I mean, goats are around. Oh, they're definitely around. I just mean, like, is that what they ate? I mean, sure. Job to say. Job to say. Anyways, next. Um,. So the base, like I said, is level to less than two centimeters. It's square to within 11 centimeters, and its edges are aligned to the compass within three sixtieths of a degree. <laughs> so sure. is the closest thing to true north in any man-made structure, to true north ever, to three sixtieths of a degree. Wow. Yep. Like it goes true northeast, southwest by three sixtieth of a degree. Like, true, which is crazy. So all of this happened by people who didn't know what a wheel, like, to use a wheel. Yeah. Like you said, like, to, to roll. A wheel was invented later. Way later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, how? How? This is crazy. This is crazy. How could they know these things, right? Like I said, if you were to use those theories of, like, using the Nile, using the water on the sand, using copper with the sand, beating yeah. the granite down with a rock, you're right. Eventually, after using 20,000 to 100,000 men, for 15 years, 14 years, yeah. you're going to build it eventually. Like, yes. that's it, yeah. right? But what the craziest thing comes from in the conspiracy theories, and everybody's going crazy about it, is these weird things about it that there's just no way they could have ever known it. Right. Okay? So the placement of the Great Pyramid, okay, um, most accurate placing of true north of any man-made building, like I said, the Earth's axis has been shifting through time. And we call that processes. And if there has been a shift in this axis, it could actually mean that when it was created, it was even more accurate than 360ths. That it actually could have been true north. Like right now, it's, it says it's at 360ths of a degree, that our axis is constantly shifting. And over that much time, it could have shifted enough that it could have actually been true north or even closer to true north. Its placement on Earth seems to be intentional as well. 
So not only was a place in the perfect place where there was a quarry and a Nile and everything like that, if you were to cast a line through the pyramid's cardinal and ordinal direction around the world, do you want to mean by that? No. So if you look at the pyramid as a square, the base of it as a square, okay? The yeah. The pyramid is a square. Okay. And you were to draw a line straight down the middle and then straight down the other way. So you make a crosshair, yes. a vertical and horizontal. Yep. Okay. And then you do the same thing, but up through the diagonals. Yep. Right? Uh, and it, that's what the ordinal and, and, and the other one okay. mean. If you took those lines and they created circles around the world. Yes. Okay? Enclosing the world kind of thing. Yeah. They would pass through more landmass on Earth than any other location on Earth is essentially located at the center of the world's landmass. That is the most center point of all the world's landmass, that one pyramid. Okay? Um, My mind is sort of exploding, mm-hmm. but you just keep talking. Yep. Um, they used what they called, the unit of measure was called a cubit. Okay. Okay, so they didn't use feet or inches. It actually equals to be about 1.86 feet, a cubit. Okay. Okay? Sure. The Earth's diameter, diameter from North Pole to South Pole. Yeah. Is 25 million um, cubits. Okay. Okay. Exactly? Uh, I guess, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the corners, or the lengths of the base of the pyramid, equal out to 365.242 cubits long. Okay. Which is the exact same length as the Earth year to the quarter day. Ooh. The measurements of length and width of the pyramid correspond to the exact fraction of which, of both, sorry, of the latitude and longitude measurements at the equator. Wait, every pyramid or this one? This, the Great Pyramid of okay. Giza. Yeah. Okay. The exact, sure. The exact spot. Okay. So if, you're, if you were to scale the pyramid up yep. accordingly, the pyramid would be the circumference of the equator because of that, yep. as well as the measurement from the equator to the poles. Making wow. it a scaled model of the entire northern hemisphere. Yeah. Yep. If you take the location of the pyramid as a coordinate, this number, this number sequence, makes the exact same number sequence as the speed of light traveled in space, measured in meters per second. So the coordinates is 29.9792458 degrees north. The speed of light in space is 299,792,458 meters per second. The exact number. That's so like the crazy, I guess, uh, relationship between this pyramid and things about the world. There is zero chance the the ancient Egyptians could ever know that. Right? Right. Back then, the earth wasn't even still traveled. Do you know what I mean? So they didn't know the rest of the world existed. Yeah. They thought the world was flat. So that they could they possibly know the thing where it encompasses the whole yeah. Earth. They didn't know that the Earth actually traveled around the sun 365 days. They thought the sun traveled around the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's these really weird things. They didn't know speed of light. Like, that wasn't a thing. So, like, so this is where the whole alien thing comes in? Yeah. So some of the conspiracy theories are obviously, right. you know, that aliens created the pyramids. That this their stationary home. That every time they come to visit Earth, that's where they go. They I go mean, to it pyramids. just makes sense that somebody lives there. It's a waste of space otherwise. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's a little outlandish. I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, the most realistic one that I, you know, have heard in terms of conspiracy theories are... That there was a, a past civilization, right? Before the Egyptians? Before us. 
that our modern day civilization and before the Egyptians, before all this, yeah, were another human race. Yeah, we were so smart and brilliant. We had all this technology. We yeah. we were able to build that pyramid like it was nobody's business, no issues. Yeah. Right, we had the technology to do it. Right, a uh, different form of humans. We may not even have been humans for all right. we know. And then, similar to like uh, the asteroid that killed all the dinosaurs, something happened that wiped out that entire civilization, and then we started anew. Right, right through mammals, and then we came monkeys and monkeys. Okay, and you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we came back and we show them. We're like, hey, what are all these things? It's from a past civilization that had the resources and the tools to be able to build it. Now we show up and we're like, what are all these things? And we think they're from aliens, or we think this is outlandish. I mean, who's to say? And that the Egyptians didn't build them at all. They didn't build them at all. That they just woke up one day and they're like, hello. Why do we think the Egyptians built them? Because they happen to be in Egypt? Yeah. Because right. where it is. Right. You know what I mean? And also because, I mean, here's another thing. Certain things like the picture on the wall with the people hauling it. and then Yeah. yeah. And also there are markings inside of it yeah. that say this tomb is for... Khufu or Kulu or Kalu, right? Whatever his name is, Khufu. Yeah, right. Let's just, yeah, let's just say the conspiracy theory is a thing. Yep. Then who's to say they didn't walk into the pyramid and be like, "This thing is awesome. This tomb is for so and so." This is where I'm gonna die. Yeah. My yeah. name is Khufu. This yeah. is mine. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're definitely you're 100 correct. Yeah. Um, if you want to hear part of that, you should go listen to one of Joe Rogan's stand up bits about it. It's hysterical and he okay. explains it brilliantly. Let's watch it after this, and we will. Great. Um, but. It's that's the only like if someone were to say that the ancient Egyptians didn't build it, that's the only thing that I can logically think of. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's really one of the most fascinating things I've ever listened to anyone talk about. Really? Yep. I was worried. Nope. Don't be. Okay. Now. Now. It's time for the good stuff. Let's talk about the good stuff. And that is um spontaneous combustion. <laughs> so from one sort of paranormally thing to one definitely paranormally thing. Mm-hmm. But actually, as I was going through this, I was like, it's not as paranormal as one would think. Because it's like, there are so many reasons of why they can be like, it's this. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in middle school, I remember going to the library and taking out this book on paranormal stuff. And I was like, this is fascinating. I don't even know how I found it. But so this is a fascinating book. And I loved the chapter on uh, spontaneous combustion. And then it started going on. I got a chapter about exorcisms. I was like, nope, nope, I, no check, thanks. please. <laughs> got to get out of here. Can't do this. Couldn't handle it. But I love the spontaneous combustion. So I'm very excited to be talking about this. I would almost put it in the category of biology. It is, in a way. Mm-hmm. It's, we'll get to it. And we will. So combustion, you may recall. Yes. Has come up before on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in episode two, yes. Down the Drain, we were talking about nitrate film. Mm-hmm. And we we're talking about how that combusts, and you and I were having a conversation about like, <laughs> what's combustion? Uh, I don't know. Does fire always have to do with oxygen? No, I don't think so. Maybe it does. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, it does. Obviously, combustion is the scientific word for burning. Mm-hmm. A substance reacts with oxygen <laughs> from the air and transfers energy to the surroundings as light and heat. Exactly. That's what combustion is. Lovely. So to answer our question from the past, yep. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go time travel, go tell myself, yeah. and remind myself that combustion involves Perfect. oxygen so that I can not sound so stupid. Good. Great. So spontaneous combustion or spontaneous ignition is a type of combustion which occurs when a chemical reaction releases energy in the form of heat or light, which is then followed by thermal runway, runaway, meaning that the heat created causes further reactions, and you basically get a chain effect, like, and they keep getting bigger exponentially. Mm-hmm. And finally ending in auto-ignition, meaning that there's no spark or flame needed. Something just gets hot enough to burst into flames. 
You're singing Ignition right now. Uh, in my head. I know. Can you see me doing it? Yep. Nothing <laughs> fresh out the kitchen. Mama rolling the body. Got it. I, that's one of the songs in my life that I thought, I need to sit down and learn every word of this song. Do you not know every word? No. Do you? No. No, I don't either. But it's a, it would be a good one to like impress somebody. No, not just the chorus. Oh. Every verse. No, every word. It's like murder, she wrote. First I'd get you out and clothes. That's as far as I got. Right. But wouldn't that be a good one to be like... Like a good party tune? A good party tune. And like a good acoustic version of it. Well, like a jazzed up kind of piano. Actually, someone I know does an acoustic version of it. Can't remember. No. But it's a good tune. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, yeah. There's no spark or flame needed. It is spontaneous. It is Is it because it gets so hot? Yeah. Something just gets hot enough to burst into flames. Yeah. Because uh, of a chemical reaction. Yeah. You can kind of see like that in fire sometimes, like a fire pit. Like the ashes, the embers are so hot underneath. And if you lay a fresh log, it's like out of nowhere, it just goes. Yes, but that doesn't count because there oh. is something to ignite it. There's fire already there. This but is it's saying like, it's like red, like, like it's like, okay, keep going. Yeah, but I'm saying there's no, there is no spark. Okay. Nothing ignites it other than a chemical reaction. So would that be so the like same thing that, like an oven? So if you put something in, like if you put cardboard in the oven, say, and it just got so hot in the oven that eventually, it got so hot the cardboard just caught fire. Yes. There's no spark. It just got so hot. Yes, I think so. Well, no, spark, no spark. No spark or flame. No, it's just just nothing so ignited hot. it. It it's just so got hot. so hot it caught flame. Yeah. 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 Um, we know so, things. Yeah, we know yeah. things. Yeah. Um, so spontaneous combustion <laughs> of materials happens all the time mm-hmm. and has multiple scientific explanations. Like nitrate film, when stored improperly, can deteriorate and combust. Yep. That's a thing. Hay is very combustible. Hay that contains more than 25% moisture has a very high rate of combustion. Mm. Like forest uh, fires? Like, no, hay. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> But I mean, like, but is that how some forest fires are started? Or are they Where started Where is their from... hay sitting in the forest? No, but like dry straw or like moth or like, like trees and stuff. Like dry mm, things. Dry things, yes. But I think it's typically forest fires are typically like there's a dry thing and something sparks it. Like somebody is near it and throws a cigarette in or whatever. Um, pistachio nuts, highly flammable, oh. when stored in large quantities and are prone to self-heating and spontaneous combustion. You stop it. Honestly. So like a pistachio, like massive factory or like shipping has to be careful not to store them. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. crazy. Um, cotton and linen can ignite when they come into contact with certain vegetable oils. Bacteria slowly decomposes the materials causing heat. If it's stored in a way that the heat cannot escape, up she goes. Okay, but like what conditions do they need to be in where the heat can't escape? Like a vacuum sealed container? Uh, I don't know about that. I just think if they're in some sort of container at all, you know, it's, it's cotton. But the heat would be transferred to the container. Yeah, but if the heat can escape, en- I mean, if it can escape a little bit, then sure. But if the heat can escape enough, yeah, it's going to catch fire. Like, what realistic conditions must they produce for cotton to just spontaneously combust because you drenched it in a bit of olive oil? Yeah, I mean, not out in the open. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, what and livable also, it condition? takes it's it's bacteria slowly decomposes. Yeah, so I don't know how long it would take, but the the chemical it's all about chemical reaction. The chemical reaction of cotton or linen mm-hmm. with a vegetable oil will decompose eventually, and that chemical reaction will keep creating heat and keep creating heat, and eventually that will ex- yeah. be exponential. Yeah. And lastly, and this is the weirdest one, mm-hmm. tomatoes, when near certain fruit, can decompose and cause a chemical reaction resulting in their spontaneous combustion. Mm. And this is actually where the tomato, fruit, or vegetable thing comes from. 
So it's said to derive from, you know, tomato is a fruit. What are you making that face at me for? Because I'm waiting for you to finish your sentence. Okay. Tomato is a fruit. But everyone's like, is it a fruit or is it a vegetable? It is a fruit. Okay. But it's often stored with vegetables to avoid combustion. Because during the decomposition process of a tomato and the decomposition of certain fruits, it can combust through the chemical reaction. Bullshit. <laughs> oh! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it was only a matter of time. Listen. Oh. That's why I made that dumb face, because I was sitting there going... I knew you were, and I was like, this is way easier not in person. No. I was sitting there, I was going, oh, this is such bullshit. But yeah. you know what's funny? Is I didn't think about it. As you are saying, that cotton and the vegetable oil, I was going, oh my god, that was the bullshit. And I just totally was like, man, that's so cool. I totally bought into it. No. Nope. No, nope, it's the tomato. And I was it's like, no, tomato. bye. Well done. I was like, I'll put it near the beginning because you'll never know. Yeah, that was really well done. Thank you. I tried to keep a straight face so hard. You did really good. Your face didn't give it away. Oh, good, 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 good. It was just very outlandish. <laughs> well, I was like, you know what? We got the cotton. We got the pistachio nuts. I'm going to throw another one on. Yeah, good for you. Anyway. Do you have more about your bullshittery, or is that where the bullshit ends? No, that's where it ended. Uh, okay, well I'm done. glad I waited till the end of it. Yeah, though. good job. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, the key point being with all that is that it's a chemical reaction causing self-heating. Nothing is heating it up. So therefore, no, the cardboard in the oven doesn't count, because the cardboard isn't heating itself. The oven is heating it. I guess what makes it spontaneous is, well, okay, so my question is, you know how one of our previous topics was like body heat and how that works? Mm-hmm. That your metabolism heats your body up. Yep. If technically... We didn't have a means to expel the heat that our body's creating. Mm-hmm. Would we therefore do the same thing? Yes. As long as there is no heat source. That's the thing. There's no heat source. It's a reaction. It's a chemical reaction. It's self-heating. So it's the reaction of two things that are causing the heat, and the heat can't escape. Mm-hmm. That's what the, combust- the spontaneous combustion is. I guess every, every heat, though, has a source. Wait. No, no, no. I'm saying there isn't a heat source. Yeah. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. But that's not what we want to talk about. That's no. just spontaneous combustion in general. What we want to talk about is spontaneous combustion of people. People! So theoretically, theoretically, you could hit the bullshit button right now, which you've already done. But basically everything I say from this point on is, according to almost everyone, bullshit. Okay. Because people spontaneously combust. And like, here are all the reasons why they didn't spontaneously combust. It's the, it's the uh, use of the word spontaneous that's yeah, the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yes, people have combusted, and there's lots of documented versions. But to make it spontaneous, nah, not so much. And it's also spontaneous the right word. Because spontaneous just means, like, I guess, out of nowhere. It just happened. It was spontaneous. It was that. Wouldn't yes. it be, like, irrational combustion? Well, it's spontaneous in that one second ago it wasn't on fire, and now it is. But that's how most things are. Yeah, like if you light light something on fire, it's just just on fire. Yeah, but because you presented it with a spark or fire. But this is you didn't present it with a spark or fire. Mm -hmm. You just put a bunch of pistachios in a bag, and they caught on fire (laughs) from nothing. So it was spontaneous. Or you drenched a bit of cotton in some vegetable oil. Yeah, and you're like, I didn't didn't collect a lighter. No. No, so it's that. There was uh, no children's commercial about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so come with me into the world of paranormal come with me and we'll be <laughs> in a world of spontaneous combustion um so spontaneous human combustion or ch shc as i'm going to refer to it okay. in the future is the concept of a living and i really like this discrepancy or recently deceased human body gross combusting without a clear source of ignition oh so 
it's not just people being like, well, I busted on fire. It's like dead bodies just in the morgue. Living or dead. Catching, no, or recently deceased is the thing. The idea of SHC was first proposed in 1746 by Paul Raleigh in an article published in the Philosophic Transactions, which is an, um, a journal, concerning the very mysterious death of the Countess Cornelia Zangheribandi. Ooh. Fun fact. After her death, her grandson became the Pope. <laughs> that's just unrelated, but that's a thing. Do they just feel bad for him? I don't know. His na- Not uh, immediately after, but no, at some point in his up. lifetime. Well, I don't know what the, else to get him by. Pope. We can send her flowers, but will they catch on fire too? Jeez, let's just make him the Pope. Yeah, That'd Pope Pius cool. VI. The sixth? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so according to the account, Cornelia during dinner that night um, <laughs> was described as dull and heavy. <laughs> I mean, like, ouch. Yeah. But, like, I think they mean, like, mentally. Um, she also, was, ouch. Ouch, ouch. She was put to bed by her maid, and they chatted and said prayers for three hours, apparently. That's how she spontaneously combusted. <laughs> In the morning, the maid goes into her room, since she hasn't heard her stir, and this is what she found. Potential trigger warnings if you're a bit squeamish. You aren't, but just for listeners. Uh, four feet from the bed was a heap of ashes. Two legs untouched from the foot to the knee, with the stockings still on. <laughs> Not burnt mm-hmm. at all. No. Between um, her legs was her head. Right. Her brains, half of the back part of the skull, and the whole chin were burnt to ashes. And alongside that were three blackened fingers. All the rest was ashes, which, was taken, which when taken up in the hand, left a greasy and stinky moisture. Which made me go, who's picking that up? Honest to God. I'm like, why is that a sentence when taken up in the hand? When taken up Who into went, the hand. Hmm, let's see how this feels in my palm. And then decide to document it. Yep. <laughs> like, if, you're gonna, if you have the need to pick it up, don't tell anybody about don't it. Don't tell anybody about it. No. Uh, the bed received no damage. The blankets and sheets were only raised on one side as when a person pushes themselves to rise from the bed. They just push the blankets aside and get up. Okay. The windows and walls were covered in a yellowish residue that was apparently disgusting, smelling, and spread throughout the house. Obviously. Obviously. Recorded cases of SHC have these things in common. Wait, wait, wait. Are you not going to go back and talk more about that? I am. I'm going to tell you the common things, and I'm going to tell you how they relate to Cornelia. Thank you. Since I can open worms everywhere. Yes. The victims are chronic alcoholics. Okay. Apparently, Cornelia loved her brandy and was actually said to apply brandy to her skin to aid with pain relief. So I was like, no wonder you caught fire, Cornelia. <laughs> All you needed was somebody to sneeze in your general direction. Yes, I put a bit of cotton with vegetable oil next Um, They're usually elderly females, which is like Czech, especially in the 1700s. She was 66. In the 1700s, that's pretty old. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the body has not burned spontaneously, but some lighted substance has come into contact with it. Apparently, there was an oil lamp near her and when they found it, there was no oil left in the lamp. But the weird part is the lamp was unharmed. Like, no part of the lamp was damaged. It was just there was no oil left in it. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. Yep. The hands and feet usually fall off. Check. The fire has caused very little damage to combustible things in contact with the body. So like bed, blankets, whatever. None of that damaged. Okay. Check. Combustion of the body has left a residue of greasy um, ashes, very offensive in odor. Double check. Double check. That poor old maid. Imagine having to scrub that up. Yes, after Didn't... picking up with her bare hands to realize it was greasy. Uh, uh. Um, so, there is no doubt that this has happened 
to people throughout the centuries. But what is disputed is the spontaneous part. Mm-hmm. Yes, people have combusted. Is it spontaneous? Yeah. Scientists have, have actually spent a fair bit of time in researching these cases to disprove that there was no spontaneity involved. Mm-mm. In 1984, science investigator Joe Nickel and forensic, nope, forensic analyst John F. Fisher began a two-year research project on spontaneous human combustion. They looked at cases from the 18th century to present day, and their research showed that the burned bodies were always close to plausible sources for the ignition. So candles, lamps, fireplaces, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But this was often omitted from the published accounts. So, like, people just wanted, you know, the mystery. Yeah, why let the truth get in the way of a good story? Right, exactly. Um, a huge correlation they found was the level of intoxication. Obviously, Ca- they're drunk, knocked over the lamp. Yeah, causing the individuals to be careless and unable to respond properly to an accident. So if they did do that, they were like, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> like they couldn't properly figure out what to do. Uh, in cases where the damage to the body was minimal, the victim's clothing or covering such as a blanket could have been the primary source of fuel. When the body was really destroyed, and this gets a little bit gross, it is likely that fuel sources such as chair stuffing, floor coverings, or the floor in itself was involved and helped retain the melted fat, which caused more of the body to be burned and destroyed. Because fat burns so well and slowly mm-hmm. that the melted fat went into the chair, into the floor, whatever, and caused the burning body to burn for longer. Mm-hmm. Therefore, burning them to basically a pile of ash. Mm-hmm. This is sometimes described as the wick effect. Mm-hmm. So essentially, a material in contact with a human soaks up the melted fat and acts like the wick of a candle, mm-hmm. which is exacerbated by the fact that the weight of the person could be heavy. So, i.e., yeah. how fat they are. Yeah. If they're very fat and have a lot of fat, they're going to burn for longer. That's but such a gross thing. It's really to gross. Think about. That's why I was like, Trigger uh, morning. But, like, of like, you know, it's one thing to be like, oh, you're a larger person or smaller person. That's yeah. just like your life. And that's it. That's yeah. it. But, like, to put it like, oh, yeah, I got to trim 10 pounds, but I'd burn an extra 30 seconds if you were to light me now. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I got to yeah. trim 30 seconds off my combustion race. Honestly. Imagine if that's how you did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Side, uh, uh, cigarettes are commonly found to be a source of a seemingly spontaneous fire. 25% of fire deaths in the U.S. are due to improper disposal of smoking materials, which is bullshit. Like cigarettes, you mean? Cigarettes, cigars, Yeah, people getting drunk, joints. lighting a cigarette in their bed. It, they fall asleep. Hence the song, Don't Smoke in Bed. Uh-huh. Uh, certain cases exist where the victim is thought to have been smoking in bed, had a heart attack, dropped the cigarette, was unable to move because they're experiencing cardiac arrest, and eventually the smoldering of the cigarette, even on the floor, cause ignition to the, his clothes or the bedding or whatever. And that, and like, they were like, well, the person would just went up in flames. Like, nope, they had a heart attack and dropped the cigarette. Mm-hmm. In some developing countries, up to 40% of suicide deaths can be attributed to self-immolation, which is burning yourself. Um, God, that would be the worst. Yep. If poorly documented or investigated, they add to the total of worldwide number of spontaneous human combustion. Of course. This is another reason of like, you know, there's Poorly so documented is the most... Yeah. Factual thing you've said today. Right. Exactly. So it's like if, if a bunch of people are killing themselves in this way and it's not documented properly or, you know, everybody's like, oh, they were such a happy guy. I don't know. You yeah. know, they wouldn't have killed themselves. They just went up and smoke. It's like, no, they didn't. No. Um, there's also, this is where science comes in. Science. There's also a rare condition called master cell activation syndrome, MCAS, where cells release over 200 inflammatory molecules known as mediators including the substance noradrenaline or 
Nora norepinephrine. Yes. What the Jeff? What? You How did know. you do that? How do you not what? Do you not know what know what norepinephrine is? Not a clue. Noradrenaline, norepinephrine. Yeah. No. It's adrenaline. Or oh, well, they say adrenaline. Well, there's adrenaline, noradrenaline, which is the same thing. I don't know why they do that. And epinephrine and norepinephrine is the exact sure. same thing. So, you know, epipens. Yeah. Epinephrine. So when you're going to anaphylactic shock, they get you with epinephrine, and it can save your life. Well, see, you're not an idiot. Adrenaline. When you're running, the fight or flight, yes. your body is pumped with adrenaline, endorphins, and norepinephrine. Epinephrine. Didn't know. Yep. Now you do. Uh, there was a case of a man who grew ill and appeared to smoke. Like, people watched him just start to smoke out of nowhere. According to some scientists, this release of molecules can turn on a protein called UCP1 and in greater than normal amounts, which can cause a release in heat. Under the right circumstances, if this UCP1 switch gets flipped in your body, it can cause heat in excess of 90 degrees Celsius. What? Igniting your adipose tissue. A-D-I-P-O-S-E. Yeah, I'm sure. with you. Uh, igniting your adipose tissue and burning you from the inside out. Gross. Honestly, it could just all of a sudden like, yep, that just happened. That's it. If you have to see this condition. Move on. Uh, there's also a British chemist who suggests that it could be an overproduction of a pyrophoric liquid in your gut. Uh, the self-combustion of this liquid would ignite the hydrogen and methane gases in your stomach. I uh. would explain why witnesses have sometimes seen cases where blue flames originate from the abdomen. Methane burns blue when it's on fire. Oh. So it's like it's the methane gases in your stomach burning, and you burn from the inside out sure. as well. Sure. And then there's Michael Harrison, who in his 1976 book, Fire from Heaven, says that SHC is connected to poltergeist activity, mm. stating that the force which activates the poltergeist originates in and is supplied by a human being. So like, great, Michael. Have the best life. Yeah. One of you the are a waste. <laughs> you are a waste. One of the truly odd things at first glance is that very rarely is anything in the room damaged. And that's why people are like, well, they just combusted. They just went up in flames. Um, but it's often attributed to the fact that fires burn upwards. So if a person is standing on the floor, sitting in a chair, they are the equivalent of having a campfire, right? When you can sit close to a campfire and you don't catch on fire or objects you have near the campfire don't catch on fire, you can sit, you know, within a foot of a campfire to keep warm. Sure, sure. And you don't catch on fire. The yeah. campfire just burns upwards and doesn't expand outwards. Yeah, but hypothetically, like, the part that's killing me right now are the limbs. Like, a, yeah. Like, why aren't your legs burning? The like, fire started higher than your legs. And only burned upwards. Or, like, the only thing I can think of is what you said a second ago about the bed and, like, the fat and stuff like that. That yeah. you are burning from the core of your body. Well, you that burn Cornelia th- wasn't in the bed. She got up from the bed, remember? I, no, I don't remember. I wasn't there. But... No, but I told you that. No, you said the sheets were pulled off to the side. Her and legs were on the up. bed. No, no, no. Her legs were on the bed. Her legs were by the bed. Yes. So she caught fire, jumped up... Or she jumped out of bed, then caught fire. Or she caught fire in the bed. Then I mean, I don't know, but she wasn't in the bed when she caught fire. So then she got out of the bed and then caught fire. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I would guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, that seems silly. Doesn't it? Uh, um, in spite of the many reasonings disproving the spontaneous part of the combustion, the term spontaneous human combustion is still used today by professionals in the forensic field as a cause of death. If the source of ignition is not found or obvious, but the person died from burning mm-hmm. they will say and then they can't figure out how they just say cause of death spontaneous human combustion that's lazy yeah lazy uh and now i'd like to talk to you about some people who burst into flames 
<laughs> oh, there's a list. <laughs> well, just I have some stories for you. Yeah, please. Uh, on July 2nd, 1951, Mary Reeser, a 67-year-old woman, was found burned to death in her house after her landlady realized that the house's doorknob was unusually warm. The landlady noticed, notified the police, and upon entering the home, they found Reeser's remains completely burned to ash with only one leg remaining. The chair she was sitting in was also destroyed. During the investigation, detectives found that Reeser's temperature was 3,500 degrees Fahrenheit. How could is, they have figured that out? That's my question to you. How did they take her temperature? There was only one leg left. Did they just take the temperature of the leg that's been sitting in the fire? I don't know. But that was my number one question. Uh-huh. Um, it puzzled the investigators that she was this warm as almost everything in the room uh, was, not. Was, was intact. Nothing was burned. Uh, she took sleeping pills, apparently, and was also a smoker. A common theory was that she was smoking a cigarette after taking sleeping pills, fell asleep, was still holding the burning cigarette, which could have ignited her gown, leading to her death. The weird part is, like, why don't these people wake up and figure things out? Like, it's a, a weird of, combination of, like, it's, yeah. alcoholism is a big factor. Yeah. And if you combine that with sleeping pills, uh-huh. like, you ain't going to wake your, your body's not going to wake up. So, yeah, how did they take her temperature? I don't know. But she was real hot. She was 2,200 Calvin. 19 she was 1930 degrees celsius oh yeah that's hot how did you walk into the room how no. did they walk into the room and find this out i don't know no. that sounds like bullshit but that's... it was the 60s so it's not like or no, the 50s so it's not like it was like 1700s no that's about as hot as that caesar was about 20 minutes ago <laughs> when i couldn't swallow a coin yeah um there's also the woman who roared like a dragon yeah she did tell what? me more <laughs> What a blue flame apparently emulated from Jeannie Saffin, 61, as she sat with her family. Again, elderly, older lady. Mm-hmm. Her brother-in-law, Don Carroll, said the flame shot from her stomach as she sat at the kitchen table in Edmonton, North London. She was roaring like a dragon, he said. The kitchen wasn't damaged, but her cardigan melted. <laughs> <laughs> the inquest never sorted it out, but I know what I saw, Yeah, says Don. Uh... Then there's Henry Thomas. He was a 73-year-old man living in South Wales. Um, the policeman and forensic scientist deduced that from Thomas' remains, he had been sitting comfortably in his easy chair when he somehow caught fire near the top of his body and burned to death. All that was left of Mr. Thomas were his legs below the knee and his skull. Oddly, his feet were completely unburned, and what was left of his legs were, uh, were still clothed in socks and trousers. So part of his legs burned, but from that moment that they stopped burning even the pants weren't burned that doesn't make sense because it's not like it would burn the entire leg and then just stop the it, whole leg would catch fire and then burn the leg the layers of the, the agreed the that's what one would think didn't happen that way no um one of the non-spontaneous human combustion theories was that thomas had somehow managed to set his hair on fire while stoking the fire <laughs> then sat down on his chair unaware of the fact that his head was on fire <laughs> the trained crime scene investigator who analyzed the place argued that if a man had been sitting down when he realized his hair was on fire he certainly wouldn't sit there and continue to let it burn <laughs> no no <laughs> so one, like one would hope one would hope not uh, in the end, though, his death was ruled death by burning with no mention of SHC. Okay. And lastly, George Mott of Crown Point, New York, was enjoying an episode of The Twilight Zone the night before he burst into flames. Yes, of course. And is said to have remarked, nothing weird like that ever happens to me. I wish it would. <laughs> the next day, according to Weird New England, his son found the three and a half pounds of bone and ash that used to be George Mott. 
Unlike some of the other people on the list, Mott was not a smoker and therefore couldn't have accidentally touched a cigarette to his clothing or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. An investigator could come up with no means of external ignition whatsoever. Yeah. Another kicker, Mott was a retired fireman. Okay. Which is like, sure. Sure. But I'm like, what did he do? Like, what did he say? Did he call his son and was like, I'm watching the Twilight Zone. And by nothing I like wish, that ever happens like to me. Nothing like this ever happens to me. I wish it could. Okay, yeah. son, see you later. Yep, see you later. Like, how do people know that? And then, Unless like, like, he's sitting down with his wife or something. I don't think so. But yeah. maybe. They didn't mention his wife. But it's like, no. someone's probably like, okay, father, I'll get you a good Father's Day gift now. Yep. Come Let over Jen and light your fire. It's going to happen to you this year. Yeah, <laughs> sitting, sitting there at the funeral. It's what he's always wanted. That's bleak. That's bleak. So you realize what this is. This is simply just how to get away with murder. Like now that I know that spontaneous combustion is a legal medical thing that the medical examiner. What can are you say. saying? I'm saying that all of those people were murdered. Oh no, I don't think so. They were chopped up, burned. Their ashes. Like the people who killed them knew that that was a thing. That it was a weird. Do you phenomenon. think all of them were murdered? Yes. You think none of them were accidents of them? Having a heart attack, passing out, and dropping a cigarette. No, the ones that were fully burned to death, completely from top to bottom, and the house was burned down, and the doorknob was hot, yes, she fell asleep with her sleeping pills, and the cigarette lit her on fire. Every other person where their legs were there, dangling there with trousers still on, no, they killed them. They I'm not them saying up. the feet were still upright. No. <laughs> <laughs> Like they were propped like, up in a step ball change. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. But they're like, no, someone killed them, chopped them up, burned them. Yeah, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that at all. I don't know. I think it's more plausible than them actually spontaneously combust. I don't think any of them spontaneously combust. I think all the, the scientific things are like, yeah, this could have happened to somebody, this could have happened to somebody. They could have dropped their cigarette and been wasted and not yeah. woken up until they were too burned. The legs thing are, are weird to me. The leg thing, because it's so consistent. That's the weird thing with the legs thing is mm-hmm. virtually all of them, mm-hmm. their legs don't burn. Could it be something about at the knee? There's something about the cartilage in the knee that, that's not flammable? And, or did they have like prosthetics? Like, or did they have... No, they didn't have prosthetics. No, or like artificial knees. Like my dad had double knee replacement. Uh, you know maybe. I mean? yeah, and it yeah, just yeah. stopped burning the metal. And then... I mean, I feel like there's no way it would be that consistent because they would rule it out to that. If, it was, if most of the people were like, oh, their knees were metal. They'd be going, oh, they stopped burning at the knees because their knees were metal. Or they just say, I'm too lazy to do any more investigating. They blew up on their own accord. No, they weren't too lazy to check whether their knees were metal or not. It sounds like someone was eager to go get a beer on Friday afternoon, and that was the last stop of the day. And they didn't want to do any investigating. But the one that blows my mind the most is Mrs. who was 1900 degrees. And they met, I don't know, I... What did they do? Stick the thermometer in her weird knee hole. Which sounds horrible. And I don't mean to speak. (laughs) I don't mean to speak ill of the dead. But that is weird. How do they know what her temperature was? They don't, Evan. That's that's it. They don't. And if she was 1900 degrees, that's almost four times hotter than my oven can get. If you walked into the room and the thing in the middle of the room was 1900 degrees, Mm -hmm. how did you get that close to it? And also, how are you like, nothing in the, other, in the room is burnt. Pick up that now and bag it. Like, nope, that leg is going to burn through the Ziploc you just got. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's weird to me. Yeah, they got some splaining to do. They got, they got some splaining they to do. They do. They really do. Yep. That anyway. was fun. Yep. Evan. So here we are. Episode six. Episode six. In the same room. 
So five episodes we did separate. And from here on out, here we are. Here we are. I like it. It's, I mean, yeah. It's definitely different. This is how the majority of podcasts are recorded. Obviously, people get together to do them. Yes. But not all of them. I mean, I, I, one of my favorite podcasts is the West Wing Weekly, and they go through every episode of the West Wing. Mm-hmm. And they always recorded separately because they lived in different states. Yeah. But every now and then they do a live show because they're a very popular podcast and all like us. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but they would get together and do a live show and they'd be together. But the majority of the time they would be like we have been over FaceTime or Skype or whatever. Yeah. And they record separately. Hmm. But, I mean. I'm not against doing it both, like depending on the day and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I guess time will tell what people like more. You don't want to come over and hang out with me? What do you mean people like more? I don't think they're any different. They could be. We're going to find out that they're not. Or that they are. I don't know. Those are the two options, yes. Or that we spontaneously combust. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some saying. <laughs> what a great ending. <laughs> Screw all the thank yous and the outros and all that kind of I don't things. have any thank yous. You go on. No, who's kidding who? Um... As everyone is well aware, if social media is still bumping, still going. Uh, please follow, share, comment, like on all of our stuff on Facebook and Instagram at The Splaincast. Um, another thing that we really would like people to start doing is if you like the podcast, rate it. Go on where you listen to the podcast, rate us, give us five stars. Uh, shout out from the hills. Let us know all about it um, because that's how we're going to get popular and famous and we can quit our day jobs. Yeah, I've got a lot of day jobs. Most of them don't exist right now because of COVID, but I'd like them to come back. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk to us about something, send us a comment, send us a message, tell us a topic you'd like to have covered in future. We would be delighted by that, and you can message us at info.splainin at gmail.com. We hope you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. Interesting. <laughs> this is weird. Caesar Deep. Don't even know her. Don't even know. <laughs> Sorry. We'll cut that one. I just had to say it. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's an outro. Or an Easter egg. <laughs>